Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Yes, peace and love, everybody. Of course, it is the abuse of side education. We live here with uh, Chris Barnes and myself, Queen of Peace, talking about physical abuse um, in the classroom tonight. Thank y'all for listening into the classroom tonight on the abuse of side education. Uh, Chris is posing his perspective as a male ex-abuser. Queen is posing her perspective as a female ex-abuser. But Chris has something very fine that he just said. The question in the classroom tonight is, we, we, we advocate for physical abuse all of September. So we say, should victims roll out on that first hit, kick, smack, punch on the first time your abuser throw your phone out the window, um, throw you out the car now, disrespect you, should you roll out on that person? Or is that dinner more important or is getting your bills more important paid, getting your bills paid more important to you or um, having a roof over your head is more important to you so you you stay and the behavior escalates. Chris, what did you say in response to that question? You should roll out on the first glance. But a lot of times... We sit back, we hope it gets better, we believe it's going to get better, and we probably really want it to get better, but the chances of it getting better are very slim. Most of us are hanging on by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin in these relationships, praying that some guy that don't want us, don't need us, ain't really trying to be about us, change his way, or as ladies, we, I'm going to change him. I'm going to make him somebody different. You ain't changing nobody. You can't change nobody. A man is going to be a man. You can't make excuses for him. Oh, you know, his daddy was abusive. That's why he this way. Oh, his mama was abusive. That's why he this way. You're making excuses for a bad situation. The truth is you need to ante up and roll out. As long as you stick around, Thinking it's going to get better, wanting it to get better, hoping it's going to get better, it's probably not going to get better. Because think about how long you already been in this situation, hoping it was going to get better. And it ain't got no better. Wow. Come on. And we got, we got, we got, look, as abusers, we go in with I'm sorry. That one I'm sorry to keep the victim man another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to send roses on your job. You know what I mean? We're going we gonna to come pick you up from work on time this week. Just to sober and get you to stay, get that victim to stay. Right? Because like you said, Chris, sisters and brothers want to believe that they can change 
that person who's hurting. And and when you when you when you when you talk about that, I think about my daughter and her situation with her baby father. With dude, I called him up because you know me. I I I've been out here and done some things, man, that uh I shouldn't even be here before today. So I, I I can call I can call I can smell a rat <laughs> soon as right. So when you when you call somebody up and you trying to you trying to tell your child you trying to let that other person know you trying to advocate because at this time my daughter a victim so now I'm I, I'm I'm advocating to her you know to get her to see that dude ain't gonna never be able to love you the way you can love him dude ain't gonna be able to care about you the way you can care about him he will never be able to add to that. And, and and for me, part of it was his background. You know what I mean? Like who raised him, where he came from, you know, what he doing over the south side over his grandmother's house, why he wanted no cop, you know, all those all those things added up to me. Then being around him a little bit, you know, he as a parent is divine. You get the feeling some things like, man, this you chiming in like, man, what the freak is going on with this dude? So I'm in my daughter's ear like, if he, if, if that dude polishing up a pistol in front of you, if, if he comes to the house, man, lay that pistol on the dresser, don't think it can't be used for you. You see what I mean? Because now she didn't stay through the hit, through the busted lip, through her trying to fight him and he probably slamming her, whatever. But she stayed, see what I mean? And you got a mother who out here working to be and know what this whole piece is about, see what I mean? But his, his voice was still louder than mine. He, he still had the control, the emotional control. And, and I born her into this world. You know, and think I did a thing. I had a hell of a, of a, of a, um, Emotional connection with my child. Shoot, not not when that's coming to play. Not not when that abuser, you know, telling you little sweet words here and there. Not when you vulnerable. That abuser's voice gonna probably be way louder then, which we able to we able to keep that victim. You know what I mean? And that victim could know, like, man, what this person doing to me is not right. Like that person could know it's not right. But for some reason, the abuser always has the strong hold. And then if you're not admitting really to yourself that there's a problem, you're just thinking like you said, Chris, if I do this, he'll change that. Or if I do this, she'll change that. She'll be this way if I alter myself. Why are you altering yourself that much? And this person ain't altering their self at all, but they talking like they're going to alter this stuff. They could be talking like, you know, after they smack you or whatever, they're going to alter. They're going to change. So it sounds good to that victim because now it's like you changing for me. You see what I mean? You, yeah, nobody else can get you to change, but I can get you to change. You see what I mean? If you stay in it, like you saying, if you stay in it for the long haul. So, you know, we back at that question again, you know. Do you roll out on that first night, that first kick, that first punch, 
know, that first time that 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 abuser, woman, man, teen boys and girls, is it really easy for that victim to say, I don't want to return? Um, I think from my perspective as as a female abuser, and we're talking about men here being victims. Nah, dude ain't going nowhere either, for real. Dude ain't going nowhere either, for real. He, because he might, he, he under my control, right? And then if, if I got to, like, show up on your block or show up at your job, whatever you're doing, I got to just, like, show up there and just be, like, intimidation mode. He ain't, probably ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean, and if I'm if I'm the abuser, I'm the breadwinner. Oh man, he definitely ain't going nowhere. I'm gonna terrorize the heck out of this dude because he ain't got nowhere to go. You know what I mean? So why not make his life miserable? I mean, so it's the same thing with women. It's the same way with teen boys and girls. This person, you you missing something because that's why you stay or something something there. To make you stay and let that abuser still have control over you. I mean, Chris, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just still like up in the air. You know, it's hard to break that. It is very hard. It's hard to break that. I don't know. Let me see. Do we got any questions or comments out there? Anybody questions or comments who want to chime in on the classroom? You know, the question tonight is, and I'm going to open the lines right now. The question tonight is, if you want to chime in, you can. The question tonight in the classroom is, should that victim roll out on the first hit, first punch, first kick, first time the abuser throw your phone out, first time the abuser uh, yank your child up real good, and that ain't even that. That's not even his or her child. Um, what do you do? You know, any it's questions, so, or comments out there in the classroom tonight? It's so much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I was an abuser. No, I was a victim. Let me change that. Okay. I was a victim. Um, and as you was talking about your daughter, I can tell you this much. Do more praying and less talking because the more you talk, the more you're pushing her to him. My mom did more talking, and the more she talked, the more I wanted to prove her wrong and say that he's going to change. But then when I got tired and fed up, I started praying, and I asked God to remove that thorn from my side. And if it's meant for him to be another person, you do it, but you can't do it with him here. And he moved him, and he ended up going to jail for the same things that he was putting me through. And he ended up seeing himself and seeing everything that he caused and all the problems he caused for me as far as him putting his hands on me and seeing where it started, and now he's in counseling. Totally different person. But my thing is, if we don't stop it or if we don't make a change, it's going to continue. And, no, we cannot fix that person. Only God can fix us. We cannot fix that person or change that person or make that person want to do better for themselves. They got to want it. 
And if they don't want to make that change, they want to continue beating us upside our head and we're going to stay, they're going to continue to do it. Should you leave at the first time? Yeah. But when it comes down to being a victim, you're not going to leave because you feel like you can change this person or this person is going to change. So what I feel like is there more resources out there, more people that we can talk to, Versus talking to somebody that keeps saying, you know, you need to leave, and that's not good for you. That's not going to help because that's going to make us try to prove everybody different. Try to want to make him be what we want him to be, and he's not going to be that person. It was seven years. I was married for seven years. I went through the abuse for seven years, whether it was physical, mental, emotional. Then he, in turn, became the victim was in another situation, and then he figured out what the issue was, what the problem was. The problem was always him. So then he got help. So is he the same way as he was seven through the seven years? He's a totally different person, totally different person. Which a, lot of times, a lot of times when people become abusers, it's something underlying. His was he was an alcoholic. He came from abusive home. So if his mom felt like it was okay for her to get beat upside her head, he felt like every other woman was going to be okay with it. And when he went to counseling, he got to the bottom of everything. But it's no, always it's something underlining. Interesting about what you just said. I didn't come from an abusive home, but my first wife did. And I used to do her like her daddy did, but in my mind, I believe as long as I didn't treat her worse than her father, I was a good person. Yeah. As long as I, I I mistreat you, but your daddy mistreated you worse. So he a worse person than me. I'm a good guy because I don't do the stuff your father did. But, you know, as you, like you say, as you go through therapy, you learn how stupid did what I say just sound. How dumb does that sound for me to just say that in public around people who don't even know me? Right. But if I had never went through that process, I probably would be in the same situation right now, looking for the same type of woman, dealing with the same type of nonsense, making the same lame excuses for myself. Exactly. And it's, it's to, we have to look at it as I was, my father deserted me and my mom. So I was always looking for that father figure. Even though I had a stepdad, it was nothing like my dad. So it was okay for me. Right now I'm dealing with issues with my daughter. She's 21, college student, college senior, messing with this bum nigga, got pregnant. Now I got to deal with another child. I kept saying something. He's not good for you. He's not good for you. The more I said it, the more she went to him. So I stopped talking. I started praying because I didn't want a repeat, which was already a repeat. I got pregnant at 21 by somebody that didn't care about me. They called me everything but a child of God. So I know. But I kept repeating the process. So when you learn better, you do better. So I just started praying. And the more I pray, the more God shows her. I take my hands off. Hmm? I mean, prayer, prayer changes things. I'm going to tell you, I have a girlfriend now. We've been together. It'll be six months on the 22nd of this month. She has male friends. Now, this ain't an abusive situation, but I'm telling the story about how God does work. She has male friends from her past. One of them is an ex-boyfriend. 
And so this guy, they would talk, and every now and then he'd be like, can I come do a hit? You want to come to my house so I can smash? And I'm like, you know what? I don't mind you having your friends from the past, but they need to be respectful. Oh, I'm going to talk to him. Okay, I talked to him. He said he was going to stop. I said he not going to stop because he got a pattern. People have formed patterns in life, and this is his pattern. If when you were married before, if your ex-husband had a problem with it, then why do you think it's safe? So anyway, I said, okay, I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to pray because God is going to remove people out of our lives who don't need to be in our lives. About a week later, I called my girl at work. Well, I called her at work, but she answered on her cell phone. And she said, hello. And I said, hello. She said, hold on. And she thought she had clicked over. And she was like, look, I told you I got a boyfriend. You can't be disrespectful to my relationship. Stop calling me. But she never clicked over. She was talking to me. And I'm like, hold up. What did I do? And she was like, oh, hold on. That wasn't for you. And she came back. She told me, I just didn't want you to be right about this situation. I thought he would change. No, people don't just change. People have to be led to change. And because I prayed and interceded for the sanctity of my relationship, God got that dude out of the way. So now I don't got to worry about this guy being disrespectful with my girl here no more. So if we pray hard enough, God will move people and change people and drop people out your life that ain't supposed to be in there. So while we holding on to this bum dude, this loser dude, this dude that won't get a job, because I know if I get a job, if I don't, as long as I don't have a job, you're going to take care of me. Well, it's a two-way street. If you've given in to him being a bum, then he's going to continue to be a bum. But if you stand up and say, no, no more, either you take care of yourself or you take care or you take it out the door, he most likely even going to get it right or get he going to get it right or he going to leave. You know, because in life we need ultimatums sometimes. You know, sometimes it's helpful. It's not always helpful. But sometimes you got to say to a person, you know what, I can't take this no more. We got to do something different. Now, either we're going to agree to go to counseling and get some help, or we're going to agree to break up. Either we're going to agree to call Queen or Queen or Chris and talk about our violent situations and how we can change this. Because I believe that people who are violent with each other could really love each other and really want a successful relationship. But if all you know is violence, like you said earlier, if you know better, you do better. And if all you know is violence, then that's all I'm going to show to you, and that's all you're going to show to me. But if we get on our knees and pray to big God instead and say, Lord, change me. Don't worry about him. Change me. Because if I do better, hopefully he'll see better in me and want to do better. And if I do better and he do better, then we both do better because we're a couple. Yes. Now, That's one other thing I want to say. This is how you know when you're the problem in a relationship. This is how you know. Because I don't associate with people like this. When you come across somebody, and they, well, I don't talk to her because she this. And I don't talk to him because he this. And I don't talk to him. Well, the only thing that's common in all these relationships is you. So that means you part of the problem. So if you keep attracting guys that want to smack you, you part of the problem. If you keep on attracting guys that want to hold you down and make you have sex with them or take money out your wallet or beat you until your brains bleed in front of your kids and say, if you mess up, you're going to be next to your kids. Then you the problem. You need to change the dynamic of what you're looking for in your relationships. 
and then you can change some things about yourself. But until you say, you know what, this is not the kind of guy I want. This is the kind of guy I'm used to, but this is not the kind of guy I want. Because for a long mm-hmm. time, I looked for abusive relationships. I used to like it when girls would mistreat me. Because growing up, my mom, uh, she had her issues with spikings and violence and stuff. But when you get mistreated, kind of like it's you being shown attention. So, like, I'm in a Walmart one day, and the mom smacks one of the kids. And the other kids, mom, 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 can I be next? I'm like, she's craving that attention. She don't know it's negative attention. It's just attention. But when we learn good from bad, right from wrong, or as the lady said, when you know better, you do better, everything in life changes and begins to fall into place. But as long as you're looking for a dude to slap you, you're going to find a dude to slap you. Because the power of attraction is working in your life. And you attract what you think, you attract what you believe. When I begin to look for functional relationships, when I left D.C., came to Georgia, I said, I'm not doing this no more. I mean, I had been out of abusive relationships. Don't make it seem like I just left D.C. and stopped doing this recently. But when I left D.C., I said, I'm going to look for a different kind of woman than I'm used to date. And I did. The woman I got now is totally different than any female I've ever dated. And for me, it's better. I got a better relationship, better communication, better sex, better everything. Because I decided in my life, this is what I wanted. And the power of attraction in my life allowed me to seek out what I want and find that thing. You know, Dr. Wayne Dyer once said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So in life, we pretty much got to change the way we look at things. All right. Thank you for that. I'm out here preaching. I'm about to get a collection play going. <laughs> Thank you for that sermon to the power of me. <laughs> this is what you call the abuse side education. Okay? I just got a couple of points. Mine is that um, my daughter's already dead. If the sister didn't know that, he, he already shot my daughter. So that's, that's a dead situation right there. Um. But the other thing is, is um, she said most of the time abusers are uh, could be linked back to you know maybe abuse that happened to them. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, there's research to show that you know it can go either way. There's more, of course, uh, abusers uh, that are linked back to childhood that were abusive. It is, but there's some cases where, um, in fact, people wasn't even born in an abusive household, but they are abusive, and that could be genetic, you know, uh, it could be maybe some mental illness, disabilities, and things of that sort uh, that, you know, that are within them. Uh, Maybe they did not recognize it, you know, um, or maybe they don't understand it because mentally ill people, they don't really want to go in and say I'm crazy either, but they feel in a certain kind of way. They act in a certain kind of way. Um, and, again, it could be linked back to the household and child upbringing, but it may not be, okay, linked to the household um, and child upbringing. Um, the last point that I want to make in this, uh, the comment, which was a great comment, God is good, you know, but uh, you got to want that inner change for yourself, like, you got to admit to yourself there's a problem, you know, or else you want to go on 
thinking, you know, for whatever reason that your behavior is okay. Or, you know, or, again, if you grew up in a household where, where, where people have made all your life bad decisions, that's the same thing you're going to do. Um, if you grew up at the dinner table and they made good decisions, mostly good decisions for you, that's what you would do. You would learn how to discern. That was my other question, too, to, 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 to the classroom. And we did this one remote. My question was, uh, do victims discern? You know, is their discernment greater than, you know, discerning a bad relationship? Can they really do that? The multitude probably not going to be able to do it because it's linked back to the household where bad decisions have been made. Or you've seen, you know, your mother stay in a relationship with somebody, and that's a bad decision. That, that's a negligent parent. That's a parent that don't need to have no daggone choice. Because the platform you land is unhealthy emotionally for the upbringing at the for the upbringing of the children at that dinner table. Um, so it, it's a case by case basis on you know uh, what that abusive situation can be. But you definitely cannot change nobody's behavior, you know. Uh, some children grow up more aggressive from it, you know, and they become abusive. Some some, some children grow up passive, and they become, you know, that's that victim. Where you won't stay with the first person that hit you. You won't stay with the first person that says love you. You won't stay with the first person, that, you know, who just treat you wrong because that could be what you're used to seeing. You know, it, that could be more of what you know. But you got to get out of that and say, I need to change because we don't do the abuser side talk show education, to, you know, just to blow smoke out there. We're trying to tell you the truth that as the victim and the abuser, you got to get some help because both of y'all enable each other in the relationship. You enable one another. To not roll out on the first hit, kick, punch, whatever. You know, you are able to behave it to go to the next level because you you take that person right back. You don't put no consequences. My daughter ain't put no consequences on her baby father. Nothing. He he got to do whatever he wants. Coming the house late, coming out the mall, call don't call, talk to her like trash, treat her like trash. My daughter was so passive to this dude behavior. And believe me, she got a crazy mother. Mother crazy. Yeah. Been there, done the whole night. I second that. <laughs> mother is loony, too. <laughs> so cuckoo she for Cocoa Cuckoo for Cocoa All right. So she identified with the behavior, but she let him get away. All the way to the grave site. All the way to he put the... So he raised that pistol to my daughter's head and killed her. And and one of her tweets said, "Prison." I don't think you 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 heard me say this, but one of her tweets said, "I had zero intention of starting over with somebody new." She tweeted that six days before he killed her. So mm. as me as the advocate, nothing that I'm saying, she already made her mind up. Her mind was already made up. 
Why couldn't she just say that? Why couldn't she just say, Mom, I'm never going to, like, talk to nobody else. Like, I'm really dead serious. Like, he's going to be the only one. Instead of, you know, I'm going to leave him. Um, in her heart, she could have really wanted that. But she ain't never laid no consequences from the start. That she ain't never laid no consequences from the start, so that wasn't gonna stop him from 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 hitting her now, unless I'm missing something. That wasn't gonna stop him from abusing her now. You know what I mean? Because she didn't put no consequences on the first on the first go round. She stayed. I stayed. You know, as a victim, I stayed too. And as the abuser, I went in for the kill because my victim stayed. You feel me? So my behavior was like, what else can I do to this person? Because to me, you got to be crazy. You gonna stay with me? So I told, I told my, I told my daughter, and I did it. I said, man, your father had a lot of heart. to mind me to take me down the aisle. <laughs> I was the wrong mojito to walk down that aisle and, and, and marry you hear me? And, and bun me up. That wasn't a nice experience for her father. You know what I mean? So you cannot allow nobody to put you, kick you, disrespect you on the telephone, on text message. This somebody new. Or you got pregnant on the, on the first go round. You know what I mean? You cannot allow that person to carry you all the way to the gutter like that because at the end of the day, you know, you are enabling the abusive behavior. We had a question in the chat room, and that was, uh, how can I become an advocate? Um, advocates got to get educated, Chris, but I'll let you respond on that one. Well, that was the first thing I was going to say. First thing you need to do is get educated on domestic violence. Um, uh, how, how I got educated, well, I used to be that guy, so that's self-education, but I've also sat through years of therapy and transforming my life, so that's education. I've also been through ministry training, so I've, I'm trained in uh, family management, divorce prevention, things of that nature, so that's some type of education. I'm also trained in crisis counseling and suicide birth aid. So all these things come together, and with my ability to speak eloquently on a platform about the topic, you know, helps me become an advocate. Now, when I first started this walk, I didn't advocate for domestic violence. I advocated for drugs and kids and a couple of other things. And then I met Queen, and I was like, domestic violence, that's my fight right there. And so I began advocating, I began getting involved, going to different platforms and things like that, and sitting under people who are already, who are advocates. Yeah, just um, sitting under people who are advocates and learning what I needed to know to be successful in this area. So, hey, I would encourage you to become an advocate, especially if you are posting abusive relationships. I would really encourage you to become one because people need to hear from people who've been through what they're going through. You know, when I went to anger management, it was court order. So I only went because the court ordered me. But what I realized then was the people who are treating me, 
ain't never been in abusive relationships. The people who are treating me don't know nothing about me or what I go through. They went to some school, got some degree, and call themselves professionals, but they're not really helpful. We need people like us out here to educate people like us. Right. I, I agree. 100%. I agree. Uh, you got to do what, what Chris Bond said. You know, you got to get educated on the on the topic. You got to you got to put your you got to be willing to be mentored. You know, you you got to be willing to, and especially if you 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 come you coming underneath domestic violence with as many cases. We you know you got some you got to figure out you know what what part of this conversation you want to have because domestic violence is it wears many tags. You see me? So, do you want to have that conversation with women? Do you want to have a conversation with men? Do you want to zoom into the team? Who's going to be your audience that you feel like you need to have a conversation with? That's number one, right? So you link up with somebody who's having that same conversation that you feel like would be good for you. Um, now, with domestic violence, where's many tags, and everybody that I mentor, we go on a mini tag level. We're not going to single out nobody from getting help. We say victims and abusers need education. Victims and beha- victims and abusers have behavior patterns that are so common that keep one another in the relationship. Nobody can seem to walk away. So that's that's a certain part of the tag. And then, of course, you know, we advocate on the tag, physical, verbal, emotional, all five of those tags. We talk about those tags everywhere we go. Um, and then, of course, we zoom into men. We, we, we have a personal conversation and a personal group with men that are victims of domestic violence because they are a huge part of this conversation. I don't know who in the heck thought that they could advocate and leave men out the conversation. Well, you don't have nobody admitting to abusing men but Queen of Peace. <laughs> and it wasn't because I was mad. I abused them because I could. See, but you got victims that abuse because they don't want to be abused again. And so they get to fighting in new relationships and stuff. And this guy could be a good guy. This woman could be a good woman. But you get to fighting in that relationship because you still got extra baggage from the previous relationship. So you're just a victim fighting and saying, I will never be abused again. So it's different levels when you talk about, you know, coming under the coming under the um, educational level with domestic violence with me. One thing I can promise you is that the education that we provide will help you go on a broader spectrum. So once again, like when I started out, I said when you're talking to victims, you will really know how to pinpoint the abuser's behavior, you will really know how to say, look, that abuser does not want you. Let me tell you something, or it's not for you. You're going to be able to stand firm on that because you learn through this organization, you know, how important it is that we educate victims and abusers and, and how important it is that we have that conversation with victims and abusers, be it women, be it women men, teens, and or the community alike. Um, and, and that's how we approach the field. So you got to first figure out, you know, 
in your heart, who can you really have that? Who are you, you know, who who does your story link up with? Who do you want to have that conversation with? What's your audience want to be? And then you start to channel that energy to, you know, learn down, you know, who can best teach you uh, how to advocate to that audience, right? Um, but just general, just general education, uh, you know, knowing the language, knowing um, the approach to take towards a victim uh, and or abuser, knowing, you know, how to approach that person and get them to, to speed their behavior uh, is enabling uh, things to happen that are not good in the relationship. So it's, it's definitely education when you when you link up with domestic violence with the same organization. That's you know. But, you know, you got some people out there who just, you know, who want to uh, just have you come out and tweet their flyers and tweet their events and all that kind of stuff. They're not teaching you nothing about the game. They're not teaching you how to save nobody, you know, in the game. So that's where, you know, you got to just figure that out. Okay, I hope that helped with that question in the, in the chat room today. Um, hey, Queen, let go- me add one thing to that. And I think you touched on this, but I just want to be clear. Get with an organization. Like, I don't have a nonprofit because Queen has a nonprofit. I don't believe it's my calling to start a nonprofit. I believe it's my calling to get with somebody who does what I want to do and help them to do it better. So I'm not telling you to start a nonprofit, but I'm saying get with somebody and sit up under somebody and study under somebody. And then if you feel you're called or led to start your own nonprofit, then go ahead and make that move. Yeah, but that's you don't have to have point. your own organization to do this. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point because everybody with a story for some reason thinks they got to have their own nonprofit. And then you get this nonprofit and you can't even manage the nonprofit because you you don't even have education to back nothing you're supposed to be trying to teach the people or you want them to learn. No. Just as what Chris is saying, and I agree again 100%. Link your name or, you know, get under the mentor, you know, where uh, that organization or foundation, wherever, is having that conversation that you feel like you're called to have. Use that to grow. How much growth does it take? It could take a year. It could take two. It could take three years before you're ready to stand out there against advocates who are sometimes abusers themselves, which can shut your whole program down because you can't believe an advocate is doing this and this supposed to be a good organization. This supposed to be a good spot to learn. You can't believe what they're doing. I mean, so that's why it's, it's good to, you know, follow, like Chris is saying, follow, you know, sit under somebody. You know, be mentored through this process. Learn all the avenues and in, in, in the studies and the research and stuff. Learn those things. So when it's time, you know, if you see an advocate out there doing something or saying something they shouldn't be saying, it won't appear weird to you. You feel I me? Mean? You know, you'll understand that, okay, well, that might be what they're You know, so... Um, you, I'm trying to, for your own good, that's a good point. Chris is right. I'm trying to tell you, he made a good point. Listen to the brother. That's why I had him on talk show with me. He ain't here for nothing in, in the classroom, you know, so he is making a valuable point and have made valuable points 
and the male attributes because, Chris, it ain't a lot of you out here going to give us that, that feel and confirm, Dang. you know, some of the things that women, mothers, fathers, sisters, but kings, some of the things that we need to confirm. Because it, it, it ain't no place better to get that education than from somebody who was abusing women. Ain't no place better to get that education in from somebody who was abusing men. They they are the best two people to get the information from. So that way when things is happening in your life, in your relationship or in relationships around you, you see both sides of it. You're not just seeing the victim side. You're seeing the abuser side too. You're seeing why that victim is staying. And you seeing why Queen of Peace tell victims and Chris tell this don't leave that relationship. Don't just jump up and leave that relationship because you can and will be killed for that. See, you got to learn how to coach that victim out of the relationship to break that side. You got to learn how to coach, pull that abuse up and say, man, what you doing? I see it clear today. See, but you can't go and say, oh, you need a lead. I want you to devise a plan. I want you to say this, 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 and that. You're going to get that victim killed. I don't even play no games like that. I don't play no games like that. So, um, Chris, go ahead and, you know, and say your last 10 seconds. Well, I thank y'all for coming. I thank y'all y'all got something. I'm going to give out my new phone number in a second. Um, I also want to say, though, if you're having a problem in your situation, uh, having a problem or a situation, you breaking up. Uh, you breaking up, Chris. Uh, I'm just saying, it only takes one to get a process started. So my number is 678-598-3742. Again, that's six. Chris, you blanked all the way out this time. All right, so you better have caught that on the first go-round. Because <laughs> you might not get that again, but you can go to my Facebook page. If you're on Facebook with me, you can go to uh, Queen of Feed, Q-U-E-E-N-A-F-I, and I've already been posting some things out there that have tagged Christopher Bond's name on it. If you want to reach out to Christopher Bond, you can of course, you want to reach out to Queen, you can uh, do that in my Facebook inbox. Um, and, of course, you can call me directly at 202-821-8933. Only serious inquiries on my line, please, because, uh, you know, this is a very serious conversation that we're having with the community, serious education that only domestic violence with many tags is bringing on the abusive side. So, you know, uh, we do appreciate our... Um, students tonight that were in the classroom with us and that are going to be listening abroad. We really appreciate you. Um, we appreciate you every time you call in because we can't do the classroom without you. See, we need you and somebody that you know in the classroom so that we together we can start breaking this cycle for victims and abuse in order to end domestic violence. Otherwise, we're never going to end domestic violence. We're never going to end domestic violence. We're never going to get victims educated on the stance that they need to be. We're never going to get abusers on the stance, educated on the stance that they need to be. So 
I just want to thank, you know, all of you who chime in time and time again, you know, to get that education, to get, uh, uh, to be able to discern what's happening in your relationship or in somebody else's relationship. Now, um, we got a lot of things coming up. Let me run something down to you real quick before I let you go. We got a lot of things coming up for Domestic Balance Business Take Organization um, for the Smile for Smiley Love Movement. Is anybody following that in the classroom tonight? Um, but, of course, we got the Men Her Two conversation coming up next week. On Tuesday, we're going to be having our men's group and we're going to be talking with the men victims of domestic violence about physical abuse because that's the conversation that we're having the whole month of September. Um, and then, of course, we're out in the community at a number of uh, events moving forward for Domestic Violence uh, Awareness Month, which is October. We have the brokenness, the boldness monologue that are coming October the 8th. Not sure if you saw that flyer, but I will repost it again tonight. We want you all to come out to this because this is going to be amazing. These monologues are going to speak something to you, speak something to your experience, speak something in your life, going to change you, the different stories that I've lined up to tell my survivors. I go all in with my survivors. I make them them go places that they don't want to go. I make them go. They be fighting me and everything. I can't go for any. I don't want to fight I say you're going, <laughs> and I say I'm going with you. We're going to go together. See, we're going to take this journey of healing together. And so I got several stories that I'm going to be sharing on October the 8th, uh, of course, at the Johnson Memorial Baptist Church right here in southeast Washington, D.C. Um, so do look out for that. Support the survivor stories because certainly they do end. You know, um, they do help. Last, they do end domestic violence. Your story does end domestic violence. It is an entity of ending domestic violence. We can't, we can't end it if you're not going to tell your story. See, and of course, you got to learn how to tell your story. You got to be coached on how to tell that story, and that is exactly what I've done with these survivors. So we're really excited. I think we're going to be telling like uh, a total of maybe five to six stories on the eighth. Um, and they're versatile stories. Each story is going to tell something different. Um, so we want you guys to come out and support us on this amazing, amazing. Nobody's doing it. Broken is the bonus. Monologues, okay? Nobody's never done this before. Not these kind of monologues. They've never done this before. So this is where, you know, we need your support and your backing, uh, again, on this conversation that we're going to be bringing to the community on October day. And I will post that flyer again uh, for everybody in the classroom tonight. I want you to do me a favor. Tell somebody that domestic violence wears many tags. And go in peace and love. Peace and love, my brothers and sisters.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.